Today's episode is sponsored by Lead Pages, an easy drag and drop model to create unlimited mini sites or landing pages for just about anything, including social media campaigns or single property sites. Stop wasting time on clunky websites and try Lead Pages today. For a 14 day free trial, you can visit reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate for real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game. Unfiltered short form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to Reraw. And now, introducing your host, James Hoff. Well, happy Friday. My God, you made it through a week. Welcome to a ramble session. Buckle the fuck up. We've got Keith Watts back for more. That son of a bitch couldn't get it all out in our longest interview yet. And he had more to say. And, uh, well... I was coerced with, what do we got here? I was coerced with some Jack Daniels, and I will happily pour something over ice, and uh, we can start this debauchery. Thanks for being here again. How are you? Dude, I'm doing awesome. Sorry, it talks so long. On the way here, Pat Perry. Pat Perry, there's a name that needs to come on and and defend himself. I asked him. I asked him. What are you gonna? He uh, he goes. Oh, this will be great. You like talking about yourself? Oh, jeez. Wow. (laughs) Pat Perry probably couldn't make it today because he was too busy looking at himself in the mirror. Uh, And we forgive you for that, Pat. And actually, I love you. Uh, It's all good. We'll get you. We'll get you sometime, buddy. We'll pull you away from that mirror. Yeah. Hey, thanks for everybody uh, for, for showing up today on a Friday. This is one of our fun sessions. It's the After Hours Beer Talk. If it's your first time tuning into a ramble, this is where we just get down and dirty. It's the war stories, no structure. Uh, it, you know, it's not all bullshit, but it's just kind of the, uh, I don't know, like I said, it's the after hours, man. We're going to talk about whatever the hell we want. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have influence from questions that come in or silly things we see online or some fun stories from out in the field. So we'll see where the conversation goes. But... Remember, you can always go to reraw.com. That's R-E-R-A-W. Stands for Real Estate Raw. If you can't remember it, then just crunch it down. You get reraw. And uh, reraw.com, we got all our show notes, all the tips, tricks, tools, resources, all that bullshit that we talk about. It's all right there in the show notes. And uh, I don't know, man. Let's just jump into this and see where the hell it goes. A reraw sounds like something I got after the last time... I had sex on the beach. Wow. Well, you're welcome. Uh, you're absolutely welcome. And uh, I, I I haven't seen any of the photos yet. And uh, well, I guess we'll see how they come out. Was that one of the Everyone throwaways? Everyone sex on the beach is like a fun thing. They don't realize, for those of you who aren't on the West Coast, it's no. not all it's cracked up to be. It gets pretty gritty. I mean, pun intended. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a real situation. Uh, back to real estate. Anyway, um, so what's happening in the real estate world, dude? You know, I, that's a great question. I, I, I wish I had an answer. Um, well, you turned out to be really shitty to have a ramble. I know. I, know. Uh, I, I, I wish great. I had an answer. I, the, <laughs> I, it's something I should know, but I don't. I've gotten I because I'm a neighborhood realtor. I've gotten so lost in the micro of my city that like, and so unconcerned with the macro. Well, talk to me about your business. What what uh, 
what do you got happening in your business in general? Are you getting any, I mean, you're, you're constantly in a position where you're not just selling houses yourself, but you've got a team and you've got, yeah, you've got yeah. your, your, uh, you're managing something that's growing bigger than just you. And so <laughs> what kind of, uh, what kind of fun shit are you seeing out there? You know, you got... I, I, I like, I like training. Like I like helping the newer agents. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. What do you think? You know what? Here's something that I always get kind of, we see the question all the time, not just online, but just in general. Uh, people are always asking what what is it that I should look for out of a brokerage I think like the the new agents in particular I get this a lot uh, a lot of direct emails coming in what should I be looking for out of a brokerage what's what's important what what do I do how does this work and my my question to you is I mean you're not like you know you don't have like 500 agents but you're oh. running a successful business you've got what 12 mm-hmm so yeah, got, I think so. What what are, what you, are they you, looking if you go for back when they to my come in? Rep days where I was just like hopping office to office. Yeah. So I got I got to see a lot of different brokers and how they ran their offices, and because I had to gain favor with them and wine and dine them, I I would have to listen to their, you know, what their problems were and what. So yeah. I kind of had an advantage on that side. Um, what I what I. What what I I feel like the right brokerage sort of there's an order of operations. So the order of operations is three things. It's three primary things. It's the agent, the brokerage, and the client. Right. Yep. Those are the three things a brokerage has to worry about. You got to keep the lights on. You got to have agents, and you got to have clients. Um, I I feel like most traditional brokerages, the order of it is the brokerage is number one. Right. So whatever decision that needs to be made has to be made on behalf of the brokerage. Right. Okay. And then the next is the agent. So you, you'll hear brokers say, don't give your mom a discount. I don't give my mom a discount, you know, or they, they put, but the, do they give their mom a discount? I don't know, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, or, or 6% commission is normal industry. Normal. It's a fucking industry. Normal. You can look it up on the MLS. It's like 4% of the time in my city right. that someone gets a full 6% commission. So it's right. just an outright yeah, lie. It's fucking negotiable. You're sending your team out there right. to lie to people. If you equip them with that information and that's right, that's fucked up. So you've got, you, you have, so the normal brokerage goes broker, agent, and then who's last in that? It's the client is last right in that. So I would stay the fuck away from those brokerages that have and, the client last. And I'd argue it has to be reversed. It, it's ex it's exactly, exactly right. It has, it has to be reversed. To be reversed. It, it needs to be the client first. The agent second. Agent second, the brokerage last. Yeah. Like the, the brokerage is there to serve those two entities. Right. Not the reverse, but I think you'll find... This is the business model in real estate that I've seen for 20 years now. The business model is get uh, a dude who maybe doesn't sell houses but has the capital. He goes and buys a franchise, knows right. a little bit about real estate, and then buys a cathedral of a commercial space. Right. Right? Marble in the entryway, like a cathedral of an sure. office space. And then, uh, and then what they do is they hire – a fucking thousand agents. Yeah. As many bodies as they can slam in monthly there. Monthly fees. Er, er, monthly fees. Everyone's got a brother or sister. Yeah. It's bound to buy a house and we'll crush those agents on a split. So and they then build their business off of a off of a turn rate. It's just it it's it's a crazy business model that doesn't take into consideration the needs of the client. So like I love these Remax ads or these Cobalt Banker ads you see on television. Yeah. Sorry guys, I'm not disparaging you. I'm disparaging the national brand. Which is like the Cobalt Banker agent is different or the Remax agent is different. Well, that's bullshit. It's yeah. not. 
It's not what, what makes the agent different. Well, I think the training, and then you know, we talked about dignity of service. Like if you have a leader, you know, oh, I know dude, the that was way a you great are. interview. So dignity of service. If you didn't hear Keith's interview, go back and look for it on on the website. But yeah, dignity of service is a big deal that we like, talked about. And then a leader like you, yeah. like someone like you who demands it, right? Who's like not afraid to tell his agents, just you got to do what's right for the person, right? N- not not necessarily because you won't get a full commission on this or, and look, to be clear, when I talk about, you know, commissions or money, I'm not someone who nego- who fucking drives around a clown car that right. says we offer a discounted commission. Right. I think the two biggest loser salespeople are people who sell turnaround time. You know, I'll get it to you in 24 hours. Sure. And the people who say we do it for less. Yeah. It's just like no bigger loser of a Bullshit. salesperson than someone who sells with those two things. So it's not something we ever lead with. But look, I mean, your client has a budget. They get into a circumstance and, you know, your plumber can do it for $300 and you're right there at the finish line. Just do it. Just get it done yeah. for the client. You know, bite it. Yep. Get that review. Get that testimonial. Inherit that problem. And uh, brokers don't encourage inheriting problems. Yeah. In fact, they discourage inheriting problems. Well, everyone's afraid. Everyone's afraid of, you know, it's like the, the, the running joke is every time somebody gets sued, we add another page to the contract. And it, it, to me, it's like, you know, here's here's a novel concept is if you fucking do your job right, <laughs> don't get sued. then you don't get sued. And it's it's amazing if you understand the contract and I and sorry I'm not I'm not trying to give the the legal advice so please don't take it that way but if you understand the contract enough to to know where the loopholes are and where they're not then you can write and button up a really clean deal and know actually if you're exposed I've had it, like it's not rocket science I've shit. had three I've had three contracts yep almost go to court all three were reviewed and for those of you who don't know this a very weird thing happens. When something is about to go to court, your client has yeah. the opportunity to turn on you. The attorneys will oftentimes say, you know, it'd be a lot easier to sue your agent than it would be to sue the other side because yeah. you have EO insurance. And I've had three times where the attorney's gone, oh, your agent wrote a bulletproof contract. This is awesome. Like my so job's done. So the power of the contract. Yeah, you can- so, a, so, Shit, so, here's yeah. a, so here's a good one. And if you're, a, if you're operating a, a brokerage uh, or a franchise of a brokerage or a small mom and pop doesn't matter. Let's let's throw something out there for you. Um, and, and I'm actually pretty passionate about this one because I've been dealing with it a little bit on a on a more personal level, but uh, which I, I'm not going to dive too deep into right now. But a lot of brokerages offer training and they they don't offer training that's valuable. They don't offer they, they don't offer training. It, they, they offer training and the trainings conducted by a shitty agent who had nothing better to do but was willing to volunteer their time because they were happy to hear themselves talk for a little bit. Amen. If you want to hear yourself talk, then start a fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, but actually it's don't. True. But 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 the problem is if you're running a brokerage and you're not adding value to the agent first, then you don't get value back out. So what's what's the uh it's money in money out. You know, put invest the money in you know, let it do, do with it the right things. And then you have the opportunity to get that money out if it's invested wisely. And what, what's more valuable than the money is the time. And the brokerages are not investing the time into the agents. What they do is they get another warm ass in the seat and they think, you know what, if I get this person to bring in like, you know, $10,000 worth of commission this year and I get like 500 of them, then we're good. What if you just had like 50 
that were bringing in like 500 grand worth of commission. You know what I mean? Like, like less, less number of agents, fucking high producers. I worked at a brokerage previously that it, it, I, I actually totally messed up when I, when I first met the guy, he goes, you know, we got a hundred agents at this brokerage and, um, and he's like, do you have any idea how many agents were here when, when I started two years ago? And I was like, I don't know, like fucking 10, like, I, like, where are we going? You know what I mean? Like, you know, pat yourself on the back, like great. Yeah, yeah, brokerages yeah, yeah. that have a hundred or 300 or 500 or a thousand, you know? And the guy goes, Oh no, absolutely not. He goes, this brokerage had 250 agents when I started two years ago. He goes, I'm cutting the fat. And he goes, and I'm getting hated on by all the people up top because they want the warm butt in the seat. They want the monthly. They want this. They want that. He goes, but I'm working on, I'm working on growing the people that want to grow and fuck the rest of them. Get them out. Add value first. I, I Teach mean, the agents that want to be taught. Always be curious. Yeah, it's true. Like, so look, that's a viable business model, right? Yeah. Like, it's a viable business model. I'm aware of that. It's just that <laughs> it's the, the business model of just let's fill let's fill the, the let's fill the brokerage license with more humans than can fit inside the building we're renting. Like that's a viable business model. But for agents listening that are looking for a brokerage, that's a terrible place to go. Right. That is a terrible place to go. That's the last place you want to be. And uh, what I would say is look for th those priorities. You know, if, if you're in a place where they have the client first priority, the agent second priority, then you know they're going to train you right because they want to take care of the client. And you know they're going to get your back when the shit hits the fan because they want to take care of their agent. Right. So that, that's, that's the order of operations. It's actually that simple. And what I found is it's either one way or it's flipped to the other. Mm -hmm. The agent's always in the middle. You know, the agent's never on top. Right. It's all the agent's always in the middle. So just find one that values the customer over the brokerage and the agent. And and brokerages, you know, listen, this is uh this is a game of ego. There's so there's too much ego in real estate. I'll concede that. Doesn't matter if you're a broker, an agent, a another uh, vendor, it doesn't matter. Um get over yourself. You fucking work for the agent. You do. And and you you gotta you gotta again we talk about adding value but you've got to add that value back to the agent first like they are there for something if you think that you know you want to you want to understand why brokerages are popping up left and right that are cloud based taking you know a hundred bucks a deal or five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks flat fee per deal like it's not percentage based shit but which by the way. I, you can run your business however you want. I wish you all the success in the world. But the reason agents are having a hard time swallowing the splits that so many were used to dealing with before the flat fee brokerages came up is because the brokerages that had the percentage-based splits stopped adding any fucking value yeah. or because they always added the, the same shit that they've always added or or not added and the world became smaller because technology became more accessible technology exposed what they weren't adding nobody from any of the franchises or brokerages like that model were gaining any value and the consumer i.e agent that works at the brokerage started demanding more value and you putting a warm ass in a seat that wants to hear themselves talk about a contract when they've only done three of them in their entire fucking five-year <laughs> career is a joke. It's a total joke. It's a total joke. And it's a business model. And the recruiting, the recruiting calls, 
the fucking recruiting calls that are going on right now, like, well, we'd like to talk to you about coming in to see what our, have you heard about our lead generation model that we have? Because we could grow your business by 700%. Do you know that if you called me and told me that we want to grow your business by 4% year over year, I would take that more seriously than that fucking piece of shit that calls and says, well, uh, we've uh, we've taken some agents here from 100 grand to 500 bajillion dollars in yeah. 32 hours. It's like, okay, and we're like, how about the demeaning call? Like, right. I love this one. Uh, <laughs> I, you, you, I'm sure you get these, but the are you, we're just calling to see if you want to take your business to the next level. <laughs> no, actually, I, um, I've been trying to shit on my business, and uh, yeah, no, what I've been trying to do is is fail, uh, fail with just the most flamboyant burn yeah, on the face of the do earth. You get, do you get this from lead generation companies? Uh, if we had so, so Mark, do you have room for for more clients? Yeah. So do, if we were you, able to, we're get just you... wondering if you're taking on any new clients. Are you are you currently taking on any new clients? Yeah. Do you know what I say to those we guys? We might have a product for you if you are. Here's here's my. If favorite. you're not taking on new clients, like don't worry about it. I'll, I'll call yeah, someone else. Good. I I have I have all the responses lined up. I got the the guys that call up and they're like, yeah. So we we're just wondering if you'd be interested in uh, you know in a few a few new clients every month if you have room for that. And my response is, I go, yes, yeah, send them on over that'd be great uh you've got my phone number is it best if you text them or would you prefer i give you an email <laughs> and they and and 100 of the time i get the <laughs> yeah uh uh james obviously it's not quite that simple i'm like oh well there's okay so it's a bait and switch thing i got it well fuck it then i don't have time for <laughs> no what i don't have time for is the next shitty lead that you're gonna send me that i know how to fucking generate myself but hey you know what um if it's such a great business model why the fuck are you selling it instead of using it yourself? How's how's that for the best response ever? Oh, the leads are great, eh? That's phenomenal. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And how long have you been an agent? Well, uh, actually, I've never been an agent before. Oh, really? Well, at least they're honest. How well, about the guys who for... tell you they used to be a top producer? Yeah, right? I used to be a top producer, but yeah, I came over here uh, to make uh, $300 million less than I was capable of making before because, you know, stability. Big guy say, uh, <laughs> I said to one, I go, dude, just, are you calling me from a cubicle? <laughs> he said, "Actually, I'm in a corner. I'm in a corner office." I said, "Well, get out of your boss's office. Go back to your cubicle and call someone else." Dude, that's really funny. <laughs> We're in a fucking corner office right now with no windows. <laughs> I think there's a door. Uh, it actually feels like a fire hazard. <laughs> it probably it probably is. I think two people is is far above the capacity we're allowed to have in this space and uh, whatever. Uh, dude, so you you know this because because I know you've listened to all of my episodes and if you haven't then uh, don't even respond to that. But I wanted to I, I like to troll Facebook or or Instagram or Snapchat or any number of other social media places and just kind of get a feel for like the business on a regular basis and. Uh, one of the one of the posts I came across this past week was talking about holding your listing off the like holding your listing from showings. So, for example, and I'm curious your opinion on this, because I think this is a, it's an interesting marketing strategy. And I, I won't say that it's good, bad or otherwise. It's just a strategy. I'm curious to think about is when an agent says, hey, so I think what we should do is list your house on Tuesday. Um, we're going to hold it off on any showings until Saturday open house at one o'clock. What, what do you, what is your opinion on that type of a strategy? Man, that, that's, that's a tough question. Like I'm uncomfortable when agents call me. Like I have, I have reasons sometimes. My, let me take a step back. So 
because of timing, it's very common for me to not be able to have a showing till the first open house. Fair enough. Because we stage, I, I get a lot. I have a property management company too. Okay. So a lot of people, um, I'm, I'm clearing a house. The tenants usually move out midweek. I've got a quick crew. We can get through. We can paint. We can do a lot of stuff. Sure. But it just, this son of a bitch. It always seems like I'm scrambling on Friday. In fact, uh, I don't even have flyers and stuff usually for the first open house. Okay. And in many cases, I don't have photos, except one of the front I took. That comes over the weekend. I've had uh, my photographer there on the week, during the open house, taking photos. So um, it's a lot of ready, go, set for me. Um, Interesting. So I always feel bad when agents are calling and wanting to get in. And, and I'm like, well, it's just not going to be ready till the open house. That's not a game. Uh, I don't, it's I'm not just playing a, a game. Deal. That's the reality. It's I put it on the MLS because uh, broker previews on Wednesday, stuff that makes it in by Wednesday. Uh, Goes in the paper. Gets, and, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a reason why I want it in by Wednesday at noon. And there's no gameplay, but you're doing your final yeah, prep work. I'm, yeah, I'm doing my prep. So let me and ask I, you I, this. I tell them, honestly, well, hang on. I'll, I'll go yeah. step further. Now, th there is a flip side to that. Even sure. agents in my office do. Which is they want a frenzy at the open house. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that because it's on behalf of the client. And sure. our goal is to make the client the most money possible. Yep. And if you think a frenzy is going to make the client the most money possible, it's your decision. You know, that's your decision. I, I would yeah. I would make an argument that maybe that's not the best way. I mean, we don't have any empirical data that says a super crowded open house gets you more money. Uh, okay, so let me throw the gray line in the middle then. Yeah. So what do you think then about these situations where agent puts it in on Tuesday, no showings till open house on the weekend? Clearly in this particular case, let's assume they're just trying to create a frenzy. Um, if you need something, you good. Um, and, uh, and, and really, they end up taking an offer and property goes under contract like Thursday. Of and the next they, week? No, of that week before they never make it to the open house. So uh, agents are calling. Well, that, that, I mean, that, what, that's what you, dubious. That, yeah. That's dubious. Is that's, that a double that's a different end? thing. Do, well, is, and you're I'll either you, all it, in or you're all out. Yeah, you're, either, I, I, you're either doing no showings or you're allowing everybody to show. You can't cherry pick. I'll, I'll put it this way. If, if there was a lot tomorrow outlawing dual agency, I would vote for it. Would you really? I would, yeah. Oh, dude, let's go down this fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, let's I do would. it. Why? I would. I just don't. I look. If we're agents, yep. would Scott Boris ever represent the Dodgers and a pitcher? Mm. Ever? Like, would that fucking ever happen? How on earth can you represent both parties equally if your job is to be an agent? Look up the word. It doesn't happen. There's no way. Like my job when another agent comes is to fluff, try to get over on them, try to get every dollar I can without jeopardizing the escrow sure like i am an advocate for my client and, and and there are rare circumstances where i can balance those two i've had one in the last five years i had one where my next door neighbor moved out who was a close friend of mine okay and i moved in another neighbor another close friend well it was my next door neighbor i had a vested interest sure who's gonna live next door to me so i was so transparent and you at have the end to of be. the transaction i had two friends equally unhappy <laughs> okay it's the truth yeah even though I, not with me really they both of them trust me sure both of them were happy in their own way both of them made their own decisions but as an agent i didn't do a fucking thing mm. i didn't do a fucking thing 
I just slid paperwork back and forth. Because for me to get involved would have been to be betraying one side or the other. So let me let, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. Just throw a couple things at you and honest conversation. There's no right or wrong here. So I'm I'm of the opposing belief. I think you can I think you can totally fairly represent both sides. However, I don't think that most agents are capable of taking on that role because that role is very misunderstood. I don't think you're supposed to be fair. I so, think I think I think the client you're representing is supposed to have the advantage of your acumen. I don't well, think you're supposed to represent both fairly. So let me ask you this then. I think you're supposed to be a pit bull for your side. So what if what if I take away the I am the negotiator component and I say, hey, my I'm going to give the good, bad, the ugly, the pros and cons to my seller, and then I'm going to give them the privilege of making their own decision. I'm merely the facilitator right. and a consultant. So I'm not a quote-unquote negotiator. I'm a facilitator and a consultant. And I say... Hey Keith, here's the deal. You're selling the house. I, I'll tell you right now that you got option A, B, and C. Yep. Here's the pros and cons, and yep. I, I'm. I, you obviously understand this, the slippery slope that I'm on. Yeah. Uh, I I can tell you my personal opinion would be this. Since you asked me, thanks for asking. Um, how do you want me to position this for you? And you merely go back as the messenger. And for the buyer, you you take the same approach. Now right. I know it's a slippery slope, no, so I'm not like, denying it's, that it's well, fucking really it's tough. It's like a paralegal versus a real lawyer. There you go. Okay, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do you, bite. Do you get I, paid the same? You shouldn't get paid the same if you're doing that. Interesting. There's no way you should get paid the same. I, you're right. I should totally get paid more. I mean, I'm, I'm probably. I mean, look at this face, dude. I got a face for podcasting. I mean, we definitely. No, no I mean, I don't. I don't know how. Like, if if we're talking about the margin at the negotiating table, is what? Sure. One and a half percent. Like, is that the diff? Like, if I if I can get an agent that spooks easily or needs that commission, mm -hmm. right? There's yep. a lot of them out there. Sure. And I can. I can throw up a couple flares and I can signal a certain yeah, way yeah. and I can play games, which I don't mean games like lying. I just mean a little fluffing. Sure. A little pressure. Yep. You know, a counter where it's one, good positioning. A counter where one is not necessary. Yep. Just it's a good delay. You know, just being an advocate, being an agent for my client. Yeah. One and a half percent would not be hard to get, right? Yep. So if I'm a dual agent though, I can't do that. So I'm immediately giving up the one and a half percent. I might be able to get them. So that comes out of their pocket, the way I see it. Right. And I think there is a lot of this bullshit going on with agents who are maximizing their one fucking deal a year. Yeah, you know what? Very, very possible. I think there is a lot of this nonsense. Uh, I haven't. There is an agent who I respect. Like, I respect him. Thank he you. He actually, <laughs> you're one of them. You're one of them. But like, no joke, this is an old timer. He's like an old school. And from when I mean old school, I mean since the 70s. And uh, there's a lot of these guys I run into in the beach areas. Just because, yep. you know, you run into the older realtors down there. And uh, he, one time I called him for advice, like 2010, when times were tough. And he was so cool. He, he gave me like the sage advice I needed. He'd been through a couple down markets and he didn't need to do that. We weren't in the same brokerage or anything. I, sure. He was just a cool guy. And uh, now I see him at the dog park a lot. Okay. And he told me, man, I love down markets. You get the double end everything. And you know, he started like, he was setting up, he was setting up scenarios where he knew he could create dual agency.
Yep. Like, it's not that supposed to like work that thing. way. Yeah, I don't know that I would go about trying to set it up. No, but it's fertile ground for it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, it's it, the idea that it's there is a breeding ground. It's, I see what it's you a mean. Petri dish. Yeah, like, it's a good it's a good perspective, and I respect it. I, I guess my counter argument to it though is like. I've never lost a negotiation with myself. Uh, dude, I give you the squeaky chair. I'm sorry. Well, I just it's don't fucking... want him to hear it on the microphone. Oh, you're good. Dude, dude it's like a brand new chair. Fucking, I, I don't know what the deal is, bro. Um, but the, yeah, like, I've never lost a negotiation with myself. I haven't lost one with you either. But that's that's not the point. <laughs> what I mean is, like, I, I feel the same way that, that I have the integrity to represent both sides. Right. What I'm saying, though, is if we can't tell our clients we're there to fight for them. Interesting. Yeah. Then what What the hell? What are we? We're, you know? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, and, and, I, and I see what you're saying because it takes away, it takes your way, your ability to like twist their arm, to twist the other agent, well, to and, be an agent and to leverage. To be and an to, agent, to do the things they can't do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. They I rely get on it. us to negotiate. So now you become a paper pusher and a consultant. Now but they're would... doing the negotiation and you're just sitting at the table with them. Yeah, but you're I would... You're a closing agent. You're yeah. not even a realtor. But see, I would argue... Yeah, I, I kind of like this right now because I haven't, I haven't really had this debate openly with, with anyone for a while. But like, I would argue that you can still consult and advise based on your professional experience and that you still have the ability to aggressively represent them to the buyer, how they chose for you to do it. But your, your value in any transaction, does it not, it doesn't not just come into how you ultimately help them poise their themselves, like how you ultimately help them like slate their position to, to go against the other side. I mean, I guess the only here's the, I let me let me clarify that a little further because I yeah, see I've you're racking your brain. Look on my face. No, it's yeah. okay. I I it, so I'm I'm probably not being totally articulate either. But if the only difference in the position is the fact that I have access to the brain negotiating on the other side, right? Like I can't I can't tell the seller the bottom dollar for the buyer, and I can't tell the buyer the top or the the bottom dollar for the Right. Like I can't I can't communicate what the most the buyer's willing to pay and I can't communicate the least the seller's willing to take. But what I can do is take that knowledge and say, all right, listen, what I can't tell you is what the perfect number is for you. But what I can tell you is based on the buyer's offer, it would appear as though you've got the following opportunities in front of you. Here's how I here's how I interpret each of them what is your opinion? And then they come back and say, well, what would you do? And I can still openly say, well, in this position, if it were me, I would do X, Y, Z. And the good news is I already know the fucking angle that the agent's going to take on it because it's me. So I go back to the buyer, present it fairly. And I say, look, this is the option that they, that they took. And their opinion is X, Y, Z. And I see where they're coming from because of X, Y, Z. Right. But as a buyer, you have options, you know, Q, R, and S. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like I still I, feel I, like the only difference is that I know the other agent's brain. It doesn't mean I can't be an advocate for them. And I think that's where a lot of people misinterpret the dual agency is they feel like, well, I can't fight. Of course you can fight, but you just can't, you can't specifically tell them like, hey, so dude, I know the buyer would take nine. I know the buyer would be willing to offer you more. So like, I'd probably go back 10 grand. You okay. can't do that. 
Oh, hold on. You can never do that. Of course not. You, you're kind of a fuck if you do that. You're a horrible person if you do that. And you should lose your license you and, and fucking... Here, here's yeah. what... I'm, I'm going to try to articulate this after a six-pack and some whiskey, but... The, you drank a six-pack on your way here? Before I brought... <laughs> I'm playing, dude. More, a little more than that. <laughs> this it's is... a ramble session. Gentle. Uber, Uber, and Lyft are available. We, uh, we typically, uh, what do we, we usually have to drag people out of the office. Actually, oh so, well, I'm, yeah. Look, I'm we just throw, we throw you in the trunk of the Lyft uh, vehicle so that they can pick up another rider on the way, and you wouldn't know the difference. You'd be passed out in the trunk. I probably will have to do an Uber. <laughs> uh, so. I'm trying to think the, the the best way for me to say this is my, the value of me, people ask me what makes me different than other agents. Okay. Yep. And my answer is me is the value. Absolutely. Like the, what's the difference between you and other agents? I'm the difference. I'm the difference, which means I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fight harder. I'm going to get you more money. That's the bottom line. I don't know how I can do that when it's dual agency. Now, if, if you say, well, look, I, I'm, I'm just going to let the chips fall where the buyer and seller let them fall naturally, which I think is what you're saying. Kind of, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm still, well, I'm still well, an no, advocate. I, I know, I know. But for the most part, you're saying, let's let, I'm, I'm going to be there to deliver the message back and forth. And I'm going to advise them. Oh, I'm going to deliver it aggressively though, Keith. No, you're not. You can't <laughs> do that. You'd be betraying one side if you did that. But what what you're saying is I'm, I'm going to deliver it honestly with integrity and openly and with transparency. And I, I understand that. I respect it. And that's the way you have to do it when you're right. a dual agent. And that's the way you are supposed to do it when you're a dual agent. So I'm, I'm not questioning the ethics of whether or not you can carry out dual no, agency. No, I understand that. Totally yeah, like I, I can carry out dual agency. There are agents who can't, tons right. of them. So what happens when people say they don't like dual agency, what people think I'm saying is I don't think dual agency can be carried out. It's not what I'm saying. But if it can't be carried out by the masses... No, what I'm saying is... Okay. What I'm saying is... If each agent, if, if you were to split yourself in two. Yep. Dude, lucky fucking world, by the I, way. I know. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> so If I could be sitting in both of there, these chairs right was, now, it'd be the yeah, best interview ever. It'd be awesome. I'm just kidding. So the, if there was two bars. <laughs> this is good whiskey. Uh, then, then what what you'd have is you would lose a negotiation against yourself. Mm. You would. It's, and and the, someone would win and someone would lose, and the person who won would have gotten a better deal. I'm I'm not enjoying the dialogue right now because I feel like you've got a pretty good argument. Yeah, I, I really do. I don't start arguments unless but, they're good. No, but I feel like, but I also feel like to throw back to our interview a while back that we we talked about never split the difference. He can't split the difference. Right. But, That's exactly what I'm saying. But here's someone's got to win. But but here's the thing. It's got to be my client. What if? What and, and it is, by the way, in a dual agency, it's always your client that wins. <laughs> no. But what if actually it's always your client who loses? That's a glass half full, half empty. I mean, I don't look at it that way. I look at whether or not the glass is worth filling at all. But um here's the thing. If you if, if, I kind of view let me throw a quote at you or a statement at you. 
what if the perfect negotiation isn't about who wins and who loses, uh-huh. but the perfect negotiation is about everybody walking away from the deal feeling like they got a good one? Yeah, I agree. So what if you can accomplish that? Uh, then it'd be fucking, it'd be fucking awesome. Is it just too, I, I, I guess, let me ask you the big point in all this. Dude, is, what if is we the shit big, roses? I mean, I mean, what if your uncle had boobs? Yeah, you know, then he wouldn't be your uncle. What if? What if? What if? The, the but re, I'm more of a reality person. Is the idea though of what you're saying? Because I'm trying to just interpret and understand. Yeah, yeah, is the idea of what you're saying that that outcome is so rare that it's not worth investing in th- you know, that style of things. selling? I'm saying a couple things. Yeah, I think the first thing I'm going to say is dual agency creates a fertile, fertile ground for this bullshit that you your original question was sure about the listing on sunday about this old timer saying oh rubbing his hands together going yep. here's where i get to do dual agency here's where i get to double end it you know gotcha. like like it's just they're licking their chops you have this you have this wonderful soil that you can just the agents can get rich in yeah and i don't like it i don't like it at all i believe the cooperating compensation structure is brilliant yeah I believe now, now what I if, need agents to sell my listings and I need listings to show my buyers. Like I need it. I need to work with each other and I don't want some fuck in the middle of it because they need two deals this year and they only have one client. So let me throw an idea at you and I'm, I'm literally shooting from the hip. What if you literally said, Hey, uh, I came up to you and I said, Hey Keith, what's up, man? Um, look, I got, I got an interesting opportunity here to double end a transaction, but I gotta be honest, like, I'd rather negotiate with you than negotiate with myself because I feel like I can represent one party better than represent both. Uh-huh. But I trust you and I know you'll fairly represent the other side and I'd love to go to war with you. Like, I know you can do your your gig and we're going to get things done fairly and honestly. I am going to ask you for a referral fee because I fucking lubed this pipe for you. Yep. Um, but what if, uh, you know, it's only going to be a 90% fee. But anyway... Um, <laughs> But what what do you think about like especially because you're in a management position for for your brokerage like you are the like you and your wife you've got this business right so what do you think about an agent going in your in your own office going up to another agent in your office and saying hey we still technically have dual agency because the brokerage represents both sides but now I have two different people one advocating for each party how do you feel about that? Yeah, th- th- is that a is that a more productive structure? Or does it not? I think accomplish? it's a step in the right direction. Okay. I think it's a step in the right direction. Like I would be willing, like um, on every residential purchase agreement, you have two license numbers. Yeah. You have the broker license and you have the agent license. Yep. Sometimes they're the same. Yep. For independence, sometimes they're different. I would be happy if the agent license numbers was different. Were different. I like that. Actually, I like that, and that's that, cool. That would because, be a step in the right direction. Yeah. And then you could say, well, there was collusion within the office. Okay. Well, shit. People do illegal shit. Right. If you were, I'm not out to stop people from doing illegal shit if that's the decision. And I would make. argue if that ended up in the court of law, then the judge would sit there and be like, are you fucking kidding me? The guy tried to avoid the situation yeah, by and, bringing another party yeah, in. And, like you're And good. I would say, you know, you need a good leader in the office that says, let's separate these guys. And like, I, I just, uh, I, I feel like Carr is like, if we disclose it and everything's cool. And that's not always the case. I mean, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It, it helps. Saying it doesn't necessarily make it. It better. helps, right? But it doesn't. Just because you tell someone you're going to ream them, does it? <laughs> right. Make it better after right, you right, do right. it. Like, right. so there. I I, well, I don't like. I don't like the same agent representing both sides. I don't like it when I do it. 
And you know what? I And I respect that wholeheartedly. And I think, uh, and, and thanks for the dialogue, because I think a lot of times this stuff gets pretty pretty hostile like it's you know it's like a it's like fucking talking about you know are you right or left you know what i mean if people people there's ask? a lot of hate out there nah man nah we'll talk about religion first but um no i i think i think it's a valuable dialogue so here's here's why i want to not end the the conversation on this topic but kind of bring a little closure to it and we'll see if it comes up again or not but where i want to where i want to kind of wrap it is if you're an agent in a position where you feel like your ability to represent your client fairly and honestly is compromised, then don't be afraid to invite somebody else into the equation. Because yeah. what what happens too often in real estate is we let the ego of ourself dictate how we go, right? Because I want the credit in the MLS. I want the I want to show that my sales volume was this. What if what if you were making 500 grand a year? And you literally were just a referral agent. All you did was generate leads and refer it out. And you never had credit for a single deal that you did. Because because at the end of the day, I know that my ego would be satisfied by the fact that I've got a business model that supports my family and rewards other agents to grow their business. So I know that's a little tangent to this, but the point no, is you're right on the money. set your ego aside and allow allow your client to be served in the best possible way. And this is really a callback to our to our interview that we had with the dignity behind the customer service, Dude, your, the your dignity ego, your ego in the negotiation. Never, like you're, you, you should just, anyone out there has an ego, you're out of your fucking mind. But, but real estate, that thing to is be destroying fair, you. I mean, look, this is re-raw, man. So we say it like it is and there's no fluff stuff in Kool-Aid, um, except, you know, we're pretty <laughs> handsome over here. But uh, no, but but the, the fact of the matter is we say it like it is. And, and the, this industry is a giant dick measuring contest. I don't care if you're male or female. Like there's too many people that it, are it out there. Like that, but it is. It, but, my oh, number's bigger than yours. But it, it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't. And it doesn't that's, need and, to hey, be that way and, at and all. And Ra is aiming to change that by bringing clarity. I appreciate it. Like, um, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I, I really, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't need at all to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. I, I treat the other agents in my community like clients. Yeah. I really do. I've always had that philosophy. It could be because I was a title rep and they were my clients. Yep. But the benefit that's gotten me. Like the knowledge that gets you when times get tough. I mean, you need these other agents to help you when there's 19 offers. So, all like, right. You, you need these other agents. So this whole, I'm going to fucking dual end it so I can get double in the MLS or whatever. Like, you're a moron. So let me let me do this for a minute because I feel like, I feel like it's appropriate to go down another dark hole. <laughs> It's just what we do here on the rambles. So, you know, I told you to buckle the fuck up. So here we are. Anyway, um, I don't know what you think about burning bridges, but there's a few of them in real estate that I've set fire to. Oh, yeah. No, we've got a and uh, we've literally got a shit list. So I've or you're not on it. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I assumed that I wasn't because you're here. Uh, if you hated me as an agent, I, I would assume you wouldn't be on the We've podcast. We've got a list. For those of you listening who are on it, you're doomed. Yeah, and actually, I, I, actually I'm going to be real clear with you. I think that if I had everybody on your fucking list listening, then we win. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you, here's what I want everyone to do right now. I want you to close your eyes unless you're driving, and I want you to think for a moment about the agent that you hate more than, than anybody on the face of the earth, and then what I would like for you to do 
is, you know, take a blank piece of paper. I want you to trace an outline of your middle finger. And then I want you to just, you, you could send it in an unmarked envelope without your name to their office addressed to them and just put, listen to this shit right now because people are tired of your crap. And then put our website, reraw.com and tell them to listen to this fucking podcast because this this isn't about the great agents. And if you think you're the great agent, then you're not curious enough and you're not always being curious and you're sucking anyway. So you should all be listening. But um, no, what I was going to ask you is um, I have literally told an agent verbatim who threatened me by saying early on in my career, you don't know this yet because you've only been in business for a couple years but we're probably going to cross paths again and it's not going to fare well for you in the future when I see your name come across in a multiple offer situation and pick somebody else. And my exact words were, go fuck yourself. I would rather fire a client than ever fucking work with you on the other side of a deal again, you stupid son of a bitch. Now, I love that. It was a blazing fire. I, I threw a couple buckets of gasoline on it, and then I, I mean, it was, a, it, that bridge burned. Well, I have a different perspective on it, altogether. So what? I, I, I feel like his comment was burning the bridge. I, it, wow. I mean, I wanted credit I, for I this. A, now you're taking my credit. No, 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 Get no. Get the fuck you, out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I have a totally different perspective. I feel like all that right. guy's, first of all, people who make claims like that yeah. are full of shit. Yeah, they've got They don't the, have the juice right. to support it. right. Like they, those are the people that are you. You have no fear. By the way, I've never run across that guy again, and I do know he's out there. But the point is, the people who are on our shit list don't even, are never going to know they're on it. Yeah, they're never going to know they're on it. Oh well, he ever. did because I don't know if you recall, but I told him to go fuck himself, <laughs> and that I'd <laughs> rather fire people, him. I said the people that are on our shit list. Oh, because I was going to say my shit list. <laughs> your shit list. My oh, shit no. list is literally like me saying, hey, go fuck yourself. You're now on my shit list. I'd rather fire a client. And in case you didn't hear, you're on my shit list. No, so here's here's what I was going to ask you. Is, I got a story for you after this. I, yeah, tell, that's what I was going to ask you is tell me a shit list story. Tell me a bridge well, burning. I, 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 okay, I'll, I'll give you a bridge, bridge burner. Uh, but a tell guy. me your other story first. Well, no, this All is right. too... So I... I, just a wildly unprofessional piece of shit. This guy had worked. Sorry about that. I, I was no, early not on. You. This, this guy had worked. Uh, <laughs> he'd been a civil engineer for some city or for the water district in Los Angeles. Okay. He'd been at the trough eating for a thousand years and he had a taxpayer-funded pension. And the guy was just a fucking slack and a loser. And he was a horrible agent. And he didn't return emails. He didn't. He was just horrible. I wonder then, what these people say about us, by the way. But keep going. <laughs> it's okay. The guy was indignant. Like he just wasn't operating within the normal structure a transaction operates in. Sure. And then falling outside of it, when I would call him into question, he would respond with uh, indignant and just angry and like really defensive. And I just I had a fucking ass full of it. And I canceled on him after doing everything properly. And the guy, uh, the guy, after I canceled on him, the guy, um, did, did this email where it was like uh, veiled, we're going to go to court. Okay. And I said, well, the contract doesn't even say we're going to go to court. It's going to go to arbitration. I did right. the, just a very professional response. And then he did a couple more. We did a back and forth, the back and forth. And it gradually built to a crescendo where uh, he finally, I finally said, look, I can tell you're not 
a full-time professional agent. It's clear sure. at this point. And then he said, well, I can tell you work for your wife. And then I replied back, I'll tell you what. I see you live in Irvine. You name the parking lot. I'll be oh, there in 20 the minutes. Oh, shut the fuck up. I have the email. I said, oh, my God. I'll be there in 20 minutes, and I'm going to beat your fucking ass for talking about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as bad <laughs> loss of professional control <laughs> as it gets. And I immediately regretted it. He didn't take me up on my offer, which is good. Uh, but that's, I mean, wow, your face is pretty fucked up. What happened to the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, dude, I had some years on this guy. I would have beat him up. That's bad. funny, man. That's <laughs> But really that was funny. the end of the, he just said something to my wife that just infuriated me. You know, I had a, I had a deal. It was recently. a loss of control. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Um, I, I will say my wife, Aaron is a godsend when it comes to, um, encouraging me to step back oh that's nice you know i had uh i had a previous broker who who will be on the show he promised me over beers poor bastard probably didn't remember i won't divulge <laughs> his name yet but uh no he'll probably be on the show at some point and um he used to always tell me he's like hey man uh do me a favor the thank you for coming into my office and talking to me um i'll keep an eye out uh kind of wish you didn't say all that shit on the phone i'll keep my eye out for the call or the email and your response, uh, why don't you send it to me instead of him? <laughs> that might be better. And then tomorrow we'll talk about how to respond to the agent, you know? And like, but I will tell you, um, man, I've written some colorful emails yeah. and the best ones are written to myself or to that broker oh, or delete, to, delete, delete. It's a, I, actually, it's uh, I have too much of a vendetta to delete those emails, but, um, they go into a little file oh. uh, and I just kind of go fuck that agent every now and then. But here's the deal. It, it does serve a purpose. And where I was going to go with my wife, Erin, is that, you know, a lot of times she, she pulls back for a minute and says, Hey, really quick, before you send that, is this deal something your client wants to close? Right. That's a really good question. And, and, and if the answer is no, yeah, let it then fly. fucking click send. <laughs> although I, I like with a word of caution from her, it's like, I still don't think you should send it. Yeah. But what I, what, so what she says is, is it going to mess up the deal? I don't think you should send it anyway. What I hear is, is it going to mess up the deal? And then I stop listening because then I go, if the answer is no, fuck that motherfucker. I'm pushing send, you know, but what it's a reminder of is what we've talked about, not only in your interview, but throughout this, you know, even on like the double ending stuff, who does it serve? Is yeah. it serving me or is it serving the client? Yeah. And if the answer is not serving the client, then, then quite honestly, fuck me then. You know, I, I will, th this happens all the time is I will write the email. I want to send the guy and send it to my client. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got, I've got clients, my, you know, because I'm a community realtor, these people know me in a personal setting. So they, they know me. There's no, they know who I am. They know how I react. They've yep. seen me on the, the they see me coaching. Yep. They see me talk to their children. Like sure. they, they know who I am. They trust me. And so they know what I'm made of. And they, sure. so when I send, I say, hey, look, this is what I'm going to send the guy. I'm going to tell him to go fuck himself and blah, blah, blah. Take a look at it. If you're not cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you think. And, yeah, yeah, no, I do that. And then I, the client really comes do. back and they're like, oh, don't just tell him to go fuck himself. Well, Take that baseball great, bat. <laughs> I had a great conversation. Uh, why did it, it was a three-way call with the husband wife hey 
and uh, that we were on. And I said, you know what we should do? And I, I, I laid it all out and they both laughed. And I'd known them both a long time, like since childhood. It was Lake Forest. They both laughed and they go, you know, Keith, although we think you would really like to do that. Please like maybe we should take a different tact yeah <laughs> with it because, but but the point was i wanted to show them i was i was a bulldog i was being absolutely for them like i i didn't want to do anything going back to your it's important to close the deal you know what i mean like it's important to close the deal i wanted we were at a crossroads where i could i could allow myself to be subjugated to the other agent or i could go to war and i let them decide which route they wanted to go. Did they want to fall in the line because we yeah. were at a crossroads and close the deal on his terms or did they want to unleash me on him? So, so let me ask you something then. So, because you just, you just brought something up to me that I think could be, I don't know. I don't really know where it's going to go. How transparent are you with clients? But before you answer that, very specifically... We all know that a buy, sell, lease, whatever kind of transaction it is, there's a lot of there's a lot of money on the line here. So especially in the market that we're in, this isn't like a bullshit market. I mean, no market's bullshit. It's all relative, right? But like this is a there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah, the commissions are big. average price out here is seven hundred and fifty grand. So there's a lot of money on the line and there's enough stress that goes into the buy and sell transactions already. So knowing that how transparent are you with stuff that doesn't relate to the client? Like, how yeah. transparent are you with the quote-unquote play-by-play? I don't make any decisions for them. And, and, and totally understand that. Yeah. But how much of your dialogue when you're talking to the client is like, dude, I, this fucking guy is totally... Dude, yeah. He's being kind of a piece of shit right now. That. You can't like, do that. Are you bringing that in? No. Or do you say, hey... Uh, so here's the Not situation. Not until it's absolutely necessary. Okay. Not until it's out. So like, uh, now guys, before a lot of you, stuff blows over. This is this is really, 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 really fucking important <laughs> because most of our communication in the real estate business is via text or email, and I don't care anybody can argue me on that. Most people today aren't answering their phones if they don't have to. They just don't. Maybe I would do four times the business if I was better at text and email. I, I but but the I guess my point in all this is you're right. Tone, tone, and like accentuation of certain words and all kinds of shit. Like is it, it's all interpreted by the individual in 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 text language, whether it's text or email, whatever written language. I should say you're the English major. Sorry, but uh, the. In the written language, we have the privilege of assigning the tone to what we're reading. And if the voice in our head puts a hostile tone on it, it's so very true. easy for us to misinterpret that. So true. So when you go up to your client and you're like, this motherfucker told me, and then you call the other agent and they're like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I, I totally didn't mean it that way, actually. I was just trying to say that I know. they were wondering if they were interested in letting go of the dining room table. But yeah. totally cool. I'll go fuck myself since you asked me to. And, uh <laughs> Jeez, I don't really know how we got here. You know, like you, you left that guy deer in the headlights. Yeah. So how? So a, a word of caution. But as you answer the question, how how transparent are you with that play by play? Well, I what what I if, uh, there's a lot there to unpack. So you're welcome. The, the, I'll be quiet uh, and drink now. <laughs> the um, well, my my primary goal, I feel like, is is customer service. So it's to inherit my client's problem. So it's to shield them from as much anxiety as possible. A lot of this stuff blows over, 
you know, through some communication with the other agent. Yep. That, that's why I get so frustrated when someone's a part-time agent because you can't get them on the phone. Oh, the part-time agent. You huh? know, and they lie. They lie. You know, that's going to so, be part two of this whole thing is the part-time you know, agent. So it's like, I, I can't solve these problems. They would normally blow over. So instead they're festering. And so I, I, if, if I can communicate with the other agent and it has to be on the phone. Yeah. This thing, I, I know some people like to text. I mean, I'm, I'm a different generation. I can't believe I just said that. But I mean, like Pat and I are a different generation. And he's like one of my best friends. Got it. And we work together. But he'll, I know. I keep he, trying to get him to leave you. That he'll, come, he'll, come to, he'll come to me for <laughs> advice. Yeah. And he'll say, what do you think of this? And I'll go, well, I would have told him this. And he goes, that's what I texted him. I'm like, you fucking texted him? Yeah. You got to get on the phone, man. They have to hear it in your voice. They have right. to, like, if you, you know, I remember in psychology, they said 70% of communication is nonverbal. 70% okay. is nonverbal. Interesting. That means if you leave 30%, it's verbal. At best, 30% is verbal. Well, we know it can't be all verbal because there's still emails and texts. Interesting. So you're cutting 30 down to what when you go to email? When you take off a phone and you yeah. go to email, now what are you at? 10 20 well verbal meaning not well, even the inflection when, at least of voice when it's verbal they can your larynx when you're smiling right. constricts and they can hear the smile over the phone they can also hear your laugh right right you take that away and you're right on the money they can't hear any of that so like yeah. now, now you're just going to email and email well emailing i'm an english major and sometimes i get questions and i'm like my god that 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 one question could be on a fucking graduate study 5,000 word, you know, it's going to take me forever to answer that adequately Dude, in an key. email. And so then now we're going to go to a text. Right. Like, well, that's got to be 3% maximum communication of what's possible. If you're going to text, by the way, there's a beautiful thing called a voice call text. Call me. Just text. Fucking call me. But there's also a voice text. So if you're really adamant oh, about texting. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are not listening to voicemail anymore. And they're like, I didn't listen to your voicemail. I just fucking called you back. But... That's fine. But, no, it totally is. But my point is, is you uh, when people don't do that, they text immediately and go, hey, here's the situation. And they got this fucking storybook text message. But if you really want to add your voice to it, you can also hold that microphone down in That's your text right. message. I've, I've gotten those. And leave, the, leave almost right. the voice message via text. And I would argue, because I agree with you on this one for sure, that being able to pitch, let, you know what? I'm going to just go a step further. I closed a $1.8 million deal last year. Don't cringe, please. Double-ended. And I've never to this day met the seller. I did it on the phone. Yeah, of course. And you you can respect this, I'm sure, as a as the cold calling cat with like that boiler room background. Uh, dude, at Callaway, it, I was on the phones, man. Like that's what it was, and and we had the phone metrics, and we had those meetings. Like, hey, uh, so your average call time's a little down, so we wanted to talk to you about, you know, like you you oxed out for uh, forty two seconds extra on this day. Like you fucking like you get that, but people underestimate not only the power of being on the phone, right? The the face to face is important, but it doesn't have to happen. The power of your voice. If you were blind and you close your eyes and you like you have and, and think about I guess think about this podcast. You don't get to see my face. You're not looking at Keith. Thank God. <laughs> just, I'm actually going to turn around. Uh, no, you, you know, you're not looking at us right now. 
So the the power of the the tone and voice is unbelievably important in the way that you approach. And the reason I closed my biggest deal over the phone was because I I overnight mailed, but I man, it, we were probably we were probably about twelve to fourteen hours on the phone over the course of the transaction between the initial pitch, the listing presentation over the phone with the stuff in the mail, like all this shit, right? But it was done over the phone, and why? because of the voice. So when you text, things get lost in translation. When you email, things get lost in translation and you assign the tone that you think the other person you're, is saying. You're so right There's too that. much presumption and assumption in this business. And no one gives anyone the benefit of the doubt. Well, and then you, Ever. yeah, then, then you sit there. Here's what ends up happening. Let's, let's just play it out. We'll fucking role play. We're like, I call you up. You're the seller. And I'm like, hey, Keith, what's up, man? Uh, listen, I just got a message from John. What a fucking dick. So he told me that there's no way he can get that offer to us tonight. And I don't even fucking know how serious his buyer is. It, well, maybe what John meant was, man, I'm sorry. Like, it's 11 o'clock at night and there's no way I can get that offer to you. Like, and here I am. I didn't give any of the surrounding circumstances. I've assigned my own tone. Like... Like, if I was talking on the phone to John, he might have said, dude, Keith, I'm so sorry, man, but I, there's no way I can get that offer to you tonight. But would you mind if I hit you up tomorrow morning at nine? But because text is convenient, he said, there's no way I can get that offer to you tonight. And it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It, there's I mean, it's a, crazy how some. Who the fuck was I talking to earlier today? Um, I think one of my new one of my new agents was in the office today and we were talking about the scripts and the role playing and all the stuff. And and what what we said was he and I could use the same exact script, literally the exact same words. And I could close and he could fail or he could close well, and no I could shit. fail. Like what do you think acting is? Right. Different between Robert De Niro and some douchebag off the street. Like 100%. It's that's acting. So it's, follow though because i and i forget who it was and i was trying to rack my brain on this earlier and a shout out to my brother joe uh who i who i think brought this up in some capacity and i don't remember the podcast or the show or whatever it was but he said there's a show where this guy literally he 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 like read a script he acted excuse me he acted out whatever it was and at the end he edited twice one with like a a very emotional, somber song in the background, and another with a very high, energetic, like fucking third eye blind. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. It, and it was, and I'm talking the same video and audio footage with just different background music presented to the audience, and the <laughs> the shift in emotion, and the shift in mentality, and the shift in everything related to that footage changed based on one thing yeah the fucking background music well people are sentimental like you know Bro. i mean that's like the nature of human beings I and mean, that's why if you go even mike ferry or these trainers they say look you gotta have a mirror in front of you when you're cold calling mm -hmm. so that you smile because once again when you smile your larynx stretches and then people can hear the smile and that's going to help you on the phone it's it's all it, it's just the way yeah. uh it, you have to be able we have to, you have to get on the phone, man. Text messaging is horrible. I know it's convenient. It's it's nice to it's nice to be able to know tell your the buddies, difference of when. Yeah, it's nice to be able to tell your buddies this. It's nice to be able to tell your clients this. But to use it as a medium, as your main form of communication, is a bad.
bad fucking idea. It's a real bad idea. Okay, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the audience in limbo for two seconds while I save this file because here's what's gonna happen. We're breaking this ramble into two segments because uh, it's deserving of that, and both of us talk too fucking much. So uh, really quick, because we're going to go right back into this. We're going to talk about the value of texting. We're going to continue our dialogue on that. We're going we're gonna to talk about the part-time agent. we got some other stuff to talk about. Um, things are coming up, but um, we're going to break this into a, a two-week session because I think it's that valuable. And if you don't like that, then just fucking wait to listen to this until next week. Actually, you've probably already listened to it if you got this far. And then uh, and then you can listen to it back to back. But remember something before you go out for the rest of your weekend, because this is the end of this specific episode. Real agents work. You fucking have to be one of them. And there are no excuses. Absolutely no excuses. All fingers point back to yourself. You've got to kick ass and take names. You've got to play this game hard. You absolutely eat what you kill. Watch out for what Keith calls commission breath because it's out there. It's out there too much, and uh, you just can't have that. It's not going to serve you. So real agents work. Be one of them. Be smart. Be efficient. And remember something. Your actions prove your intentions true. So prove yourself to be a truthful person. Don't be a liar. Kick ass and make it happen. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, everyone. James Hoff, your host of Reraw. As you probably already know, listing leads are the crown jewel for agents. There's an old saying that says those who hold the listings have everyone else working for them, hence why listing leads are so valuable. But the acquisition cost for a listing lead is far more expensive than a potential buyer, and sadly, these leads are rarely exclusive to just one agent. Fortunately, Offers.com has all of us covered. I personally use them to target likely to list homes, and what's best is that my territory and the leads in it are mine exclusively. Offers.com is leading the way in predictive analytics for real estate. Not only do they verify high-quality leads, but they have exceptional tools to help you with your follow-up and nurturing by providing you things like market reports or hand-addressed letters that can also be sent to your prospects, to name just a couple. The strategic approach Offers.com has to identifying prospective home sellers takes a lot of the guesswork out of who you should be targeting for your next listing. If you're looking for listing leads and you're tired of paying for a shared lead, contact Offers.com today and see what they're all about. You can actually set up a demo with my personal rep by visiting www.reraw.com forward slash O-F-F-R-S. That's www.reraw.com forward slash offers. One last time, that's reraw.com forward slash O-F-F-R-S.